I'm Marissa Donnelly, host of the Vulnerability Podcast, a podcast series focused on being vulnerable, being emotional, being deep, and talking about topics that people often shy away from. In this podcast series, you'll see stories of faith, hope, inspiration, darkness, frustration, and everything that really challenges us to speak to our human experience and to do so in shedding our skins and being vulnerable. Welcome back to the Vulnerability Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Donnelly. Today I have Bethany Baker, and she is the Executive Director of AGAP. So I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. Bethany, welcome. Thanks for having me, Marissa. No problem. Can you please tell me, I'm I'm really curious. I, I heard about AGAP and I just immediately knew that my audience needed to learn more, especially with everything going on with the coronavirus. I think it's very relevant. So can you explain what AGAP is and kind of how it got started? Yes, AGAP is a nonprofit that was founded by the CEO and owner of Natalie's Orchid Island Juice Company. And Natalie's Orchid Island Juice Company has been around for like 30 years. And the founder realized through time as cell phones started to come out and started to um, just increase the distractions and decrease the productivity in their employees because it's a $60 million company. So she noticed it on a grand scale, but then also not only in the professional realm, but in the personal realm, she recently became a grandmother. And so she realized just how being constantly connected was toxic sometimes for those family relationships that she valued. And so a few years ago, she hired me to launch AGAP and I just executed her vision that she had. And we started March of 2018 and we primarily do technology-free weekend reprieves where we talk about implementing healthy technology habits to thrive both professionally and personally. And really our goal is to not say that we, we hate tech, but is to say how can we use technology in a way that is life-giving rather than life-draining. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually so aligned to kind of my personal beliefs about technology because as a business owner, I feel like I'm constantly on my phone, scheduling appointments and on my computer typing. And so I've really tried to create a healthy balance between, okay, I need this for work, but I also want to be off of it too, to really reset and recenter and journal and all of those healthy practices. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like a healthy relationship with tech, like you said. Yeah, it's definitely, there's a quote by Christian Lewis Lang that we love, and it is that technology is a useful servant, but a dangerous master. And so we talk a lot about how we can use technology rather than allowing it to use us. Because the crazy part is that, you know, a lot of the programmers and designers behind all these apps and everything is that the product being sold whenever anything is free is us. So, you know, that that's just something to put into consideration that whenever we think about these apps and, you know, social media, especially being so addictive, that it's meant to be addictive because our time is their money. Mm, that's so interesting. I've actually never thought about it that way. They kind of, it's, it's all purposeful, right? It's purposeful to engage and to keep your attention and to be a distraction in a good way, in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Does ACAP stand for anything? So AGAP, Mary Grace, the founder, um, is a Christian. And so for her, it started as sort of just a prayer um, where it was like, it's an acronym for adoration, God inspired to act intentionally where you've been purposely placed. 
Um, but Very then, cool. yeah. So and so we've sort of marketed it also in a way because AGAP we we have two different type of events. We have faith based ones and then non faith based ones because we want to make sure that we reach everybody because this is such a practical, applicable topic. And so we've sort of shifted it as well to be creating a gap from technology. I love that. I love that it has um, faith undertones too. That really resonates with me. I think sometimes social media and the internet can be as positive as it can be. It can also be something that pulls us away from the beauty of living in the moment. So to think of it as almost like a, a practice in recentering yourself kind of in the eyes of faith, I think is really powerful. It's like you can take that, that break from constantly being pulled in different directions and constantly having a to-do list and really focus on your family or your friends or, you know, just conversations. So that's very cool. Yes. Yeah, it's so true. And that was really the heartbeat behind it for Mary Grace was to create space to hear the whisper of God in a culture driven by noise and distraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that that phrase noise a lot yes. around technology <laughs> because it really is. Sometimes it can be and I think I'm seeing this now more than ever with COVID-19 where people are, you know, juggling being at home or especially with children trying to figure out how am I going to entertain my kids for the whole day while I'm working. And so technology is kind of considered more and more now like oh, it's this noise, you know, we can't get rid of it. All my kid wants to do is play video games. <laughs> All everybody's doing is being on screens. And yeah, it's interesting to kind of see it in that way where it almost becomes like an escape from reality. So then when we have intentional time away from it, now we're back in the reality and we can recenter and, and really develop those relationships and figure out you know, how, to, how to occupy our time in, in productive ways. Yes, yes, definitely. And it's definitely, it's all about being intentional. Um, yeah, actually, yesterday we had a webinar on parenting during quarantine because, you know, we know that a lot of parents are struggling with being mm -hmm. immediately homeschool parents um, <laughs> yeah. while working from home. And we did a webinar a couple weeks ago on 10 crucial ways to thrive while physical distancing, just especially like working from home. But that's the hard part is, you know, there's not like a blanket answer for anybody because some people are working, some people aren't, some people have kids, some people don't. And so it's definitely, we've been trying to speak to as many different um demographics as possible throughout this season but I think it's more important now than ever to be intentional with our tech use because we've been on our screen so much more with the physical distancing because a lot of times that feels like the only way that we can connect with our community but sometimes it can be toxic when we're on it too much because um just studies have shown and that's a lot of what we talk about at AGAP is that you know the more time you spend on screens and especially sometimes social media that anxiety and depression can just increase because you feel this constant need to keep up and then start comparing yourselves to others yeah how would you especially you know you made the point of the physical distancing and I think with everything going on, that's kind of the biggest struggle I'm having personally with technology is I use it all day long for my business and I try to be, you know, unplugged at certain points, you know, during meals, um, you know, et cetera. But it's kind of a struggle because then you have people that maybe don't live around you that want to 
you know, have a have a Zoom call and catch up and, and see your face. And so especially around um, the holiday. So Easter holiday just passed. And my personal struggle was oh, here I am on my computer all day. I'm writing, <laughs> I'm doing social media, I'm meeting with clients. I did that all week. And then I even had some work on the weekend. And then it was Easter Sunday and I'm cooking a meal. And then my family, everybody wants to have a Zoom call, see me on the screen. And it was just like, ah, like, it's just too much sometimes. So what would you suggest for yeah. people that are kind of feeling that way where they're using technology because they have to for work, but then you still want to stay connected and use it for a positive purpose, but you also don't want it to be just too much. I would definitely say that too much of a good thing leads to a bad thing. <laughs> and so um, with that being said, like even for Zoom calls and FaceTime calls and things like that, it's just knowing that when our brains need a break and something that we encouraged actually on our past webinar is it's called the Pomodoro effect, but it's where, you know, you just work for 50 minutes and then you take a 10 minute break. And I think if people did that throughout the day, they would feel more re-energized and focused. And then they would feel like they weren't completely drained from being on screens. And the thing is like when we're at work, if, if we're, you know, normally at work, then we get up to get coffee, go to the restroom, you know, eat lunch, whatever it may be. And so it's just sort of scheduling those intentional breaks that way we can have a breather, but then an also great way after work is something that we're promoting with AGAP is um, a step back from tech initiative. And so we're urging Americans to go offline for an hour a day to sort of offset the tech increase that physical distancing has called. And so, so part of that too is just being intentional. Whereas even if you have a Zoom call in the evening with family and you're trying to stay connected, okay, maybe right when I'm done with work, I just go for a walk or I get outside in nature if, if possible. Um, and just taking that hour to sort of break away from the workflow so that you can have sort of this creative side. And then something that's been so huge for me during this time is journaling because it allows me to externally process maybe the additional stress and anxiety that I'm feeling. And I can write that down and externally process it. So it's out on paper. I'm naming how I feel so that I can then identify the root of that so that I can release it. Um, and I think a lot of times we just hold on to this anxiety within us. And I know the first two weeks, all of this happened, you know, I was sort of, because um, the company that Natalie's Organelle Juice Company is a juice company, so it's essential and still going into work wearing masks and things like that. But it just felt like sort of deja vu that it, what was, you know, what was reality and what wasn't. And mm -hmm. it just hit me at that two weeks where it was like, okay, there is a pandemic. And I just like started crying and I, I was beating myself up, up for being emotional. But then we have to give ourselves grace because this is the first time we've ever experienced something like this. And this is the first time in a long time that a lot of millennials and a lot of, I mean, everybody is being furloughed or, you know, losing their jobs or having to apply for unemployment or wondering where their next new meal is coming from. Um, and even for those of us who are blessed to still have a job, it's just wondering when is this all going to lift? So I think just extending yourself grace and especially just having that hour that you guard there's a really great book called how to break up with your phone by Katherine price and she talks about having these little speed bumps so it's just this little barrier to when i would normally just go to my phone and so i'm bored go to my phone lonely go to my phone whatever it may be sad tired go to my phone to get some relief 
But then a lot of times what we find out when we externally process these uh, egg up experiences is a lot of people go to their phones when they're tired to get rest, but then they leave feeling even more drained, you know, or they go for a community mm -hmm. and then sometimes they leave with comparison and, and feeling more isolated. Definitely, definitely. And so I, I, I'm not saying negate all social media, but something that we really promote is to have just one or two social media platforms if possible, because the more social media platforms we have, the more anxiety and stress we feel because we have to constantly keep up. I mean, it's crazy. There was this author, Annie Crouch, and he has a middle schooler and he was in class with the middle schooler and all of his friends, obviously before all this happened. Um, <laughs> and he said, everybody raise your hand if you have a Snapchat and all the hands went up. And then he said, okay, close your eyes and raise your hand if you feel like Snapchat is a part-time job. And every single hand went up. And these are middle schoolers that were adding wow. this additional stress of feeling like they have to maintain a part-time job and be on it every single day or else they'll break their streak and then their friends won't like them anymore. And it seems silly, but it's the reality that I think a lot of, a lot of us are facing, not just middle schoolers. Um, and so I, you know, it's just, I think we need to protect those boundaries that we put in place, those little speed bumps, like Catherine Price calls it. And I mean, I can walk through a few of those if, if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. One, one quick thing I wanted to say, um, just got me thinking, you know, when we have, when you're talking about this technology free hour, you know, when we, when you put it in those terms, it's like, wow, this is so doable, you know, even yeah. with the pandemic and even with everything changing, you know, sometimes it feels like, oh gosh, what more can I put on my plate at this point? But when you break it down to one hour out of the day, it just seems so much more manageable. So I think that just offers so much encouragement to people, to everybody who's listening, just, you know, even if it feels like another thing you have to add to your list, it's only one hour. And the benefits of taking that one hour for yourself or for your family or for your friends, roommates, et cetera, can be really, really beneficial. Yes, no, it, it's so true. And I mean, that's what we want to do is we realize that like everybody is at a different stage in life and everybody has different phone time or screen time. Mm -hmm. um, and we feel like we're confident that any American can do screen free for an hour, you know, like, like you were saying. So yeah, it's really important. Yeah, just putting it in those terms and just giving us a reminder that, hey, this is manageable. You can do it even if you're feeling stressed. We're all feeling stressed, but we're in this together. I think looking at it that way makes it a lot more like, oh, okay, I've got this. <laughs> yes. So I'm sorry to derail you from what you were no, going to explain. No, no. I'd, I'd love for you to share that with my listeners. But no, definitely. I think during this hour too, uh, like you were saying, it, it, it might feel like it's a long time, but when you start to do it, it's really not that long. But then even the next level for people who want to take it to that, there's um, what we call a screen-free Sabbath or just like a screen-free day. Um, where you have this day, and this isn't anything new. There, there's a few other authors who talk about this. It's, they call it the digital Shabbat or something like that. But basically just going where you have your whole day um, without, without screens, if possible. Of course, like sometimes, you know, you'll, sitting down watching a movie with family or friends is engaging in a different way because whenever you do something with people, even if it's on a screen, it acts differently in our brain than if we are just doing it by ourselves. And I think that's the interesting thing too, because whenever we think that we're being social, you know, going to social media, 
and scrolling. Um, the psychology in our brain does not do the same thing. It still says we're lonely and we're isolated compared to like sitting down and having a cup of coffee with somebody, which I know now we might not necessarily be able to do a physical cup of coffee, but I know a lot of people now are doing Zoom coffees. And, you know, even though it is through a screen, I think it's a more intentional way of engaging in community. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's so funny. I actually started what I call Coffee Collective, and I'm going live on Facebook every Saturday morning with a cup of coffee, and I literally just talk to whoever shows up. And it's been some family, some friends, total strangers. It's been a really cool, intentional it's on technology, but it's, it feels to me different because it's really like as close to a coffee shop date as I can get. And so it's just very purposeful in the simplicity of it. Yes. No, I love that so much. And I also love how you mentioned total strangers because the beautiful opportunity that we have now is, you know, for AGAP, typically we do in-person experiences, but now with us opening it up to webinars and zoom calls and Instagram live, we're able to interact with people across the globe that we would have never been able to interact with in person. And so I think, like you said, just taking advantage of being open and honest and just realizing that whenever we feel those negative emotions, just sympathizing instead of having a pity party sometimes um, about how we feel, understanding that that's how the majority of them people in the world feel right now. And it it just helps me get out of myself where it's like, instead I'm reaching out to other people and asking them how they're doing and engaging with them, which I love, I love the coffee chat. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been really fun. And I, yeah, it's really made me realize too, you know, how often am I checking in with people who, you know, happen across my Facebook page as a, as a professional writer, editor, coach, like I have people commenting on it all the time. And sometimes I just don't get to those comments. Um, but this coffee collective was like, okay, I'm, I'm really here for the purpose of you know, connecting with other people and serving them in showing up. And it's been a really, eye, a really big eye opener for me that, you know, if I can just be present and really invest in even total strangers, like you mentioned, it's really powerful what it does to each of us. You know, when we're giving our time and our attention and energy to others, it really fills our cup as well. It's so true. It's so true. And I think a lot of times, you know, we on the opposite end, like you were talking about how we have a lot of things that we've put on the back burner that we might not necessarily have had time to do with the regular day to day. But a lot of what I've encouraged people is to, especially if you're not working right now, do the things that you always wanted to do, you know, like learn the language pick up the instrument. I mean, YouTube, you can learn almost anything on YouTube, YouTube. Um, but just, or reading all those books that you have piled up that's on your book to read list. I just really encourage people to be intentional with this time and not saying that you have to be productive every second of the day, but just emphasizing that it's going to be gone before we know it. And if we're just, you know, making the most of it and guarding it and, and using it in a way which I keep coming back to sort of is that's life giving rather than life training. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said about watching the movie with family or friends, because Mm. ironically I have, um, I have a website that's dedicated to parenting experiences. I'm a bonus mom to my boyfriend's son and kind of started as a passion project and it's built out into a contributor platform. And one of my contributors shared recently, um, I think a week or two ago, a whole article on, the upside of technology and how we can use technology for good when we use it to connect with others 
in, um, and she was talking about in context of families, you know, watching movies together as a family and the benefit that has. And what I found really fascinating about her piece was, you know, we always come to technology, it's especially lately, we come to it with a negative bias of like, oh, you know, we have to restrict it. We have to get our kids off screens. We have to, you know, and all of that is valid because we don't want to be glued to our technology and we don't want to be obsessed with our social media, et cetera, especially with younger kids who haven't fully developed their own sense of self yet. Um, but we also want to celebrate what we can use it for. And so I thought that was really neat how it tied her article and what she was sharing about, you know, the positives of watching a movie as a family and how you can pause and talk about things and how you can bond and share experiences and say, oh yeah, this reminds me of this part of the movie. And all of a sudden you have these talking points and these connections. So that could be built into your day, even with an hour unplugged, you know, you're maybe you're watching a movie and then you spend the next hour totally screen free, just talking about it. Yes, no, definitely. And that's, and I think that's where it comes back to, you know, that, that, it's not technology or screens in itself that's inherently bad. I think it's just the overuse of it. And so just guarding that, and especially with kids at home, with part of the webinar that we talked about yesterday was, you know, especially for the ones who have to be online for schooling and things like that, um, sort of guarding that time where maybe they do an hour on and an hour off. That way they are getting just as much time off the screen as on the screen. Um, but that, for the ones that maybe don't have to be on the screens instead of just, I mean, it's crazy. I, I think I, the iPad use has increased by 50% because it's just so much easier to hand your kid the iPad and then go off and do, do what you need to do. But I just would encourage parents, even though it might take a little bit more time and energy, just being able to foster that sort of organic creativity where we encourage boredom because boredom allows creativity to be enhanced and it allows deep thought process I mean for adults but then also for kids I mean I remember when we we were told go outside and you know come inside when it's dark <laughs> um, yeah. and we just had to entertain ourselves and mm -hmm. you know you just figure things out and I think a lot of times our kids are so st stimulated all of the time that they don't learn how to sort of entertain themselves and so I think this would be a beautiful time for them to be able to have those creative moments where they make a fort or they, you know, build a, you know, whatever it may be. I'm not sure. Um, but just encouraging and cultivating that creativity in a time like this. Absolutely. I mean, some of the, I think some of the reasons why I'm such a creative person is because I was, as a kid, never really on the computer until it started to be necessary for school. I mean, I was always outside, always doodling, always, you know, making up stories in my head. And yeah, you know, you, you mentioned a couple activities and it's like, yeah, they don't have to be crazy. You know, it could be taking the dog for a walk. It could be creating a fort out of cardboard boxes. We did that a couple weeks ago. I mean, it was this yeah. huge, it ended up being a huge project and we ended up like attaching zip ties and we made this <laughs> whole thing. But it was so fun to see some of my boyfriend's son's strong suits come out and his like spatial awareness. And oh yeah, if we, if we zip tie this here and do this here, and I was like, wow, you know, like he just made this whole contraption that I, it, I was like, okay, cool. You guys have fun. I'm going to be over here. <laughs> you know, it's just, it was neat to see how, um, you know, you're still learning in those moments. And even maybe if it's not a structured curriculum, you can still, find ways to be creative and find ways to be engaged. So I'm glad you mentioned that. It's 
again, it goes back to the idea of it, it's so doable. We can do it. We can unplug and we can find other things to fill our time without making technology the enemy, but with a conscious awareness of, you know, what we want to be and who we want to be and how we want to raise our kids and how we want to survive this crazy time. Yes, yes, definitely. And I mean, that's part of one of the core values of a gap is enhanced creativity. And so a lot of what we do at AGAP experiences typically is we do watercoloring or acrylic painting or calligraphy or um, wood burning, you know, wooden coasters or making lava bee bracelets. And it's just so cool to see grown adults, um, you know, just coloring and saying, I have not done this in years and I don't know why. And it, you know, it may seem like a trivial thing, and I know everybody has their sort of thing. I know for me, I can't do coloring books because I want it to be perfect. And then it's not. <laughs> so I'm more of the watercolor that's just like, well, we'll see what happens. Um, but it's just, it's just a beautiful thing, you know, for us as well, not just for kids, but to have that boredom because it allows sort of that deep thought process that a lot of times we don't allow our brains the time to, to think about those deeper things. And even when we don't know it, our brains are working. And so we can start to overcome those things that have been at the forefront of our mind that we haven't known how to look at them from a different perspective, maybe. Yeah. And you know, when you mentioned boredom, I'm also thinking of my day-to-day -day life. I feel like I always have something on the to-do list. So I don't, yeah. it's not that I ever, it's not like I, I feel like as an adult, I don't really have any moments of boredom. It's I'm lacking moments of rest. Like there's always something I could be doing. I'm always occupying my time. I just don't really do a good job of giving myself moments of rest. Yeah. And so I'm really excited about this whole concept because unplugging can be rest. It can be simply sitting there and not being distracted and just feeling whatever it is you're feeling in that moment, as opposed to doing something else to keep yourself from feeling whatever you're feeling. Yes, definitely. No, and I, that that's honestly, I've guarded my Sundays where um, and it is, we live near family. And so sometimes it's hard because, you know, they want to do house chores and that's life giving to them, but it gets to the point where, you know, I just want to read. <laughs> so I, I sort of have guarded that time where it's like, okay, I'm just going to go outside and we live in Florida. So I'm just going to tan and read and rest. And this is what I need to do for yeah. me. And so I think a huge part of that too, is if you're living in a community or with family or with other people or roommates, um, just clearly communicating sort of those expectations. And that was a big thing for us. Um, it was just saying, Hey, you know, we have this at this time, um, or just so that they can help you protect that, if that makes sense. And so I just think clearly communicating, maybe those needs might be a good way of guarding them if that makes sense. Yeah, I love the phrase guarding, guarding that time. It's something that's special and sacred and it should be. And so if you're focusing on it and you're guarding it and you're protecting it, then you're adding value to it, which I think can really help change our perspectives, especially right now. Yes. Definitely. It's so true. And, and that's honestly what it comes back to is because if we aren't intentional about getting off of technology, sometimes I wonder if we would, because it is sort of programmed in a way to be addictive. And so that's all that we're really saying is, you know, to, to just be intentional and guarding that time and prioritizing time offline because we prioritize time online all day. Um, for work or whatever that may be.
Yeah, thank you for simplifying it. That's just perfect. And I think hopefully to all of my listeners, hopefully this feels manageable and it makes sense. And I think you really summarized it well. We spend so much time prioritizing our work and the things that we are doing on technology. So how hard is it to give ourselves an hour or maybe even a little more to prioritize being off screen? I mean, a lot of the leaders of, of the world, I mean, they read for hours a day. And I mean, it's insane to know that I, I think some of the presidents, even during their presidency, were reading a book a week. And, you know, we wonder how we could do that with just our normal lives. But it's because they prioritize that because they knew it was investing in themselves and it was growing themselves or, you know, whatever that may be. And so I think just being intentional is, is so important. But I can share some of the ways that we can, you know, what we could do in that hour to be intentional, meditating, because meditating can help reduce stress and control anxiety. And that can look different for people of different backgrounds. But journaling, like I mentioned, it helps us to better process everything that's going on in our lives. Um, and then, which we, I mean, we already talked on a lot of this, but, you know, exploring a creative project. Um, I, there was a study by University of Michigan in 2019 that said taking at least a 20 minutes out of your day to stroll or sit in a place that makes you feel in contact with nature will significantly lower your stress hormone level. And then another great one is just to simply spend quality time with the family members that are in isolation with us. And this can help you you know, not only strengthen your family bond, but the emotional support that's provided can also enhance your psychological well-being. Asking your community that's surrounding you what they might need might be just a selfless way of pouring into them in a time, you know, where it feels like we're all turning towards ourselves and addressing our needs. It can help us sort of look outward on whose other needs that we could help. But another great just habit to do implement daily is something that we do is we charge our phones outside of our room and so that they don't enter our room because a lot of times the screens are the first thing that we look at in the morning and that's the last thing we look at when we go to bed. And so instead of having those original thoughts in the morning and that creativity sort of flowing, looking at it right before we go to bed, it stimulates the brain and the blue light from phones actually turns off the melatonin in our brain. So it keeps us from falling asleep. So, I mean, what do we do a lot of times when we can't sleep? We, you know, scroll through Instagram or we watch Netflix or we do these things on our screens that are actually inhibiting us from sleeping. And so I think that's just some really healthy boundaries that we've sort of put in place just on a regular basis as well as just trying to keep the phone outside of the room on a charging dock. And then maybe even, you know, I know most of us are working from home, but just having a charging dock also could be really healthy because if you do have family or friends, that way you're not having it at the dinner table. So you can have uninterrupted dinner conversation. And, you know, there's, have you heard of fubbing? No, I haven't actually. Okay, so fubbing is, um, it basically means phone snubbing, and it's wherever you pull out your phone in the middle of a conversation. And I know that they did a study like 10 years ago on if that was culturally appropriate, and the majority of people said no obviously it's not appropriate. And then they did it recently. And of course, like 80% of people were like, yeah, it's totally fine. And so, but basically whenever we pull out our phones in the middle of a conversation, we're telling the person, whoever we're talking to, that whatever is on our phone is more important than that. Even if we don't believe it, 
subconsciously that's what we're communicating. So I just think it's so important to sort of guard that time and just be intentional. And that's what we talk about is be fully present where you are while you're there because we want to make sure that people know that they're more important than our phones. I love that. I feel like you've just given so many amazing tips that are just tangible and applicable and even if they might feel a little bit scary because we're so yeah. used to, you know, our normal, we are in a time where everything is different. So what an opportunity to kind of experiment with these things and try and see how we can maybe change the patterns that we've fallen into. So Bethany, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you for all of your insight, your excitement. Um, everything you've shared with my audience has just been so powerful. And it, it's inspired me too to be like, okay, so where can I cut out technology in my daily life too? So. <laughs> Yes. Well, and really quick, Marissa, something that um, I just read actually recently was it's during times of crisis that habits can be either formed that can change for the future. And so I think it's just so important, especially now, to choose the habits that we want that are life-giving, you know, and maybe weed out maybe those habits that might be toxic in our lives. Because whatever habits we sort of set up now or get rid of now, will lead into our post-crisis lifestyle.